You're listening to Think. It's like Think, but with an M instead of an N. A podcast. Why are you I'm your host, uh, Nicholas Rue. And with me are the, the spooky uh, whisper ghosts. Is Introduce yourselves. Paul T. Geist. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. My, my spooky name. All right. And um, I'm John. I'm John Massey. And then uh, our, our guest, our champion. Our ghost. Umpteenth time returning ghost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, do you have a spooky name? I didn't think of one. I feel like. John John 13 Ghost Massey. All right. Well, okay. okay. That's pretty good. I like, I, like, okay. I didn't get a spooky name. Well, Nicholas that's your fault. Boo. Come on, oh, Nick, it's right Nick there. Nick Boo. All right. Nick Boo. Nick Boo. You're in it now. I'm in it, baby. Okay. Well, this is our first um, uh, conference call giant head Paul episode. <laughs> hey, what's The viewer up? at home will have no idea what what's going on there. We'll try and describe our um, situation. Well, if you uh, open up the, the cheats menu on your copy of Think the podcast, <laughs> and type in uh, big head mode, you too can experience the, the wonders of this uh, in your own abode. John and I are sitting shoulder to shoulder on a couch, uh, unable to actually make eye contact while we talk to each other, and instead would looking you- straight forward at the, uh, I would say about foot and a half uh large yeah i think <laughs> foot and a half is a safe bet large head of paul on the tv um paul's in the room he's just been <laughs> he's been subsumed into the tv like a reverse ring okay. well uh, lady i would say like uh mike tv in Willy oh Wonka yeah the that's Factory. a really good pull yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's not a yeah, that's that's it. Do you want to be a cowboy, baby? Do I want to be a cowboy? Yeah, like Mike TV. Okay, I thought you were gonna like put like a cowboy hat on the TV. I so I, I lost my, my cowboy my, hat. Uh, you did not lose your cowboy hat. I'm pretty oh, sure it's, it's in place. my house. <laughs> you can put on the cowboy hat, then, buddy. It's 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 the season <laughs> it's for in the costumes. So, oh, it's too spooky to go down there. I really feel like when we record this in the future, if we try, we should do this again, but we should get dynamic mics that way. Yeah. <laughs> so we could just sort of like hold them up yeah. and you just hear our hands on the mic just rumbling. We'll sell it as it can't be a live episode, but it's like um, the living room sessions. Oh, yeah, yeah, the firelight sessions <laughs> of theme. Yeah, it would be good to get some video for this and. Possibly some like after effects. Yeah, it's really good now because Paul's face is silhouetted by darkness because the light is off in his room, which is a very good image for this Halloween episode. It's it's quite a dungeon aesthetic. Yeah, despite are being you... as far away from a dungeon as I could be. Where are you? I'm on the the second floor. I feel okay. Yeah, hold that's up, the though. opposite of a dungeon. Yes, yeah, space could is as far away from a dungeon as <laughs> you, you could have be. a dungeon in space. You, you cannot have, have a, a you dungeon. can't have a dungeon in space. Isn't that the plot of Dark City? Uh, are they in space in Dark City? I thought that was just a uh, city that's dark. What's the one where the spoiler alert? They're actually on a spaceship the entire time. 
I mean, that could be any movie. Uh, yeah, that right. could be like Synecdoche, New York. Uh, if you, it's actually two thousand one, a space odyssey. Oh, you're they're in of, space. They're in space uh, the entire time. You're thinking of the village, where she where she runs out to go get the medicine and then dies because she's oh. left the airlock. <laughs> Hold up, no, I feel like M Night Shyamalan left a lot of money in the table by having that original twist of like, oh, they're in upstate New York or whatever, and not having a twist at the end of the movie where they're on a space station. That yeah, you know what I mean, Shit. like a double kind of like. I think that is absolutely better. We should... We're talking about writing a horror movie. Is this just going to be the episode where for I think, yeah, I think Halloween we, should, we just pitch I think horror we should ideas? pitch some horror movie ideas around. I, I like around. that. I, I like the idea of like... Because what that implies is that the rest of the world has like, all right, we're on, we're on a spaceship now. This is where we are. And there's some people that are like, yeah, but I really want to get back to the old days, you know, like 2005. Uh, and then there's some other people who are like, yeah, but what if we could go back to like the 1800s? You it's know, like, that's like Westworld, but but like with the <laughs> with 1995, <laughs> you have medieval world, 1995 world. Allow yourself to let it sink in. That someday there'll be a prestige TV show about people play acting like they're in 1995, a year which we lived through. Oh, man. You get frosted tips when you go in. Oh. People still get scalped a lot. Just, <laughs> in, you know. <laughs> it's, it's made far enough in the future that the historical inaccuracies are just more and more. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, the way that, like, Wild West stuff is full of anachronisms and, and, and all that. Because it doesn't. You know, like the cowboys weren't just terrible. But people. imagine somebody like having a light bright and a cell phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just they're gonna bleed our childhood together like that. Like they're checking their texts on AOL. Yeah, right. Like, oh, they they're like checking their texts while they're rolling down the hallway on those like wheelie sneakers. You know on what I mean? Heelys. Yeah, like they're gonna be like. They're going to be, like, on Twitter wearing Heelys. You like, and we'll be like, well, that wasn't quite the way it worked, you see. like You yeah, use that was... your Game Boy Color to play Pokemon Go. Yeah, exactly. Like, some nonsense like that. See, I was thinking more of a, um, like, your phone, like, voice message is just like an aim away message. Yeah. I like a a weird mix of stuff. I so I saw that it's going around right now that um there's something that's called like myspace.windows94.net where they've just recreated like the the interface of MySpace and people are making like throwback MySpace profiles. Oh, that's really good. Which I love the idea of getting. I love Paul's got his mechanical keyboard now. Yeah, so you just I've, get I've been trying to. Tech tech I've been trying to not type. It's just like there's a Morse code message hidden. Yeah, <laughs> Paul's slowly typing. Yeah, subliminal messages. It's all part of the Halloween concept, folks. That, that that's what we were talking about last time about uh, this being like RuneScape for your brain and your brain getting better. It's receiving these Morse code messages. 
Yeah, we're kind of repositioning from um, being the dumbest boys in school after study for the big test to apparently trying to um, make this uh, an RPG. Okay. okay. We, are, we are gaining knowledge points. I gotcha. Okay. And you are yeah. as well. That we are the... Um, I, I don't know if it's a choose-your-own-adventure narrative where I, we are the characters. I, th- I think it's more like Outer Limitsy of like, you know, the like... Do, do not try to adjust your podcasting app of choice. We control the horizontal. We control the vertical kind of thing. That's a way yeah. better fucking intro. Yeah, man. We, we should just rip that off. The Outer control- Limits. Yeah, that's very good. We should rename it. The, the whole thing. Just, just rename rip the fucking whole, break. The Let's start thing. a new podcast. <laughs> this is the last episode of Theme. Now it's going to be the... Uh, well, something like the outer limits. <laughs> yeah, like the. It's the outer limits. It's like the outer limits, but with the new. Those outer limits. A real play podcast. <laughs> the outer limits. It's like outer limits, but with an N instead of an M. So it's the outer limits. <laughs> we control the horizontal. We control the vertical. Uh, I'm, I'm your host. the horizontal. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've got <laughs> stickers printed. We can't, we can't rebrand already. Yeah, that's why this is a spinoff. This is like a, you know, like a new thing. Yeah, it's, it's it's like how there are like twenty McElroy Brothers podcasts. It's just you know, we're starting a brand here. Or it could yeah, be like, like an a, empire. Yeah, like American Horror Stories or whatever, where it's just like, you know, it's like American Horror Story Coven. This is like Think, the Uter Limits. It's just be Think Coven. <laughs> think Coven. Uh, think uh, Hospital or whatever. I don't know yeah, what those hospice, seasons are hospice. called. We should do the Think Coven episode, <laughs> or, or, or mini-series, where we all... <laughs> Paul, you got a good idea. Yeah, you Th- Think Hospice by the Antlers. <laughs> No. That was, oh man, I, I I didn't expect a ten out of ten, but neither did I expect a one out of ten. So honestly, like, props. just like, what if our podcast was like the uh, <laughs> exactly the emotions you feel while listening to that album? <laughs> I don't I don't want to put that into the world. Uh, it's too late. I'd rather do a, 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 a mini-series on chaos magic than try to... Oh, I should... Man, that's what I should have did today. I should have bought that book and then just talked about chaos magic. Well, well I should find a way yeah. to, to record in the basement and get... Oh, like, yeah. And we'll put you on the big screen down there, and then Sarah and I can be on the, you know, the big screen up there, and we'll just do a whole episode about, like, the occult. Yeah, like that would be chaos sick. magic and tarot. Absolutely, but here's what we have to do: you, um, we have to both film our own TVs, and then we'll cut that together for a visual component. Oh, so boy. you record the TV of us on it, and then we'll record the TV of you two on it, and then uh, cut that together as the visual component to the podcast. That way, it'll be very um, disconcerting, surreal, strange, chaotic. Yeah, non non normal. Non Euclidean. Yeah. So Merry Halloween, everyone. Yeah. 
happy um, that is happy. by our release schedule either the day of halloween or a week after halloween it's kind of a hey that's my birthday so what's up uh, so we'll release this on halloween because we have to do a um themed roast of paul vine for oh your birthday. that's so funny but it's that's not like a comedy really roast it's more like a pig roast you're gonna put like a big uh, pike into my butt and <laughs> cook me over an open fire. I think if we can get to Cincinnati, we'll kill you and cook you. I mean, for a price, yeah. Is that what you want? We're gonna have to be. So the thing is, we're gonna have to be in Cincinnati. Well, I'll be in. I'll be in Cincinnati on your birthday for sure. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, how are we gonna do karaoke at Tokyo ba- Kitty? Jesus. Based oh yeah, we should do that. That's a good idea. Based on your tone, I will also be in Cincinnati on your birthday. Yeah, like where else would you be? I'm not a bad friend. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, um, the the thing that you don't know, Nick, is that I'm gonna use wormhole magics to to pull you to Cincinnati. Wormhole magics. Tell me more about wormhole magics. Um. Okay. So, do you know the film Event Horizon? Yeah, I just watched that last week. You guys have summarized this film on your podcast at least five <laughs> times. Uh, <laughs> theme. So a there's podcast a- for Event Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> event Horizon. It's like Event Horizon, but with an M instead of an N. So it's Event Horizon. Okay. <laughs> Opening scene. Sam Neal. It's like Sam Neal. But with an M instead of an N. <laughs> and, uh, starring opposite Sam Meal as Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Lor- sorry, Lorms. Lorms Fishburne. Lorms. Lorms Fishburne. They kind of. Lorms Fishburne. That's my next D&D character. Well, it's not my fault that when you change that N to an M, it kind of all elides together into <laughs> yeah, one it's syllable. It's I am Lorms Fishborn. Lorms Fishborn. <laughs> also, side note, I love that Audrey is in the kitchen baking right now and can only hear our side of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she has, she has no idea that actually that this all totally makes sense. You could just hear Paul. Um, anyway, it's Halloween, folks. All your the spookiest time of the year. Yeah, we get um, school off. The class main in session for Halloween. I always thought that Halloween really kind of inaugurated a season of spookiness that like ends with New Year's. Mm -hmm. You know, like October is never that spooky. It's still kind of hot. It's still kind of sunny. Like it's pretty. You know, like November. Once it becomes November, that's that's when it's like. And to, I mean, in Christmas is like, you know, a lot of ghost stories get told on Christmas. That's like a traditional thing. Yeah, I mean, okay. Jesus. so most Halloween stories get like, what, one ghost per story? Occasionally you get 13 ghosts. But fucking Christmas, Carol's got, what, four ghosts? I got four. Yeah, there are a total of four. Cause, well, yeah, yeah. Un- yeah. Un- uh, yeah, unless you think that like, Jacob Marley is also the ghost of Christmas future. Uh, I don't, because that's basic. Oh, no, no, wait, well, there are... He might be, but, I mean, seeing the ghost of yourself, it's still a fucking ghost, mate, like... Wait, no, it's... 
That's but Jacob Marley's the first one with the chains, right? You're thinking of Scrooge. The ghost of Christmas future is suggested to be Scrooge. Okay, so still that's that's it's still four, a ghost. That's I mean, four ghosts. You know, that's, that's still four. That's still ghost. four ghosts. Still four. Um, but because you dead in the future is different. It's not yourself, unless yeah. That's an interesting kind of ontological conundrum there. Like if you see a ghost of you, yeah. Is it a... I don't know. What does that is mean? Is there a ghost inside of all of us waiting to escape? Um... <laughs> Let's take a moment to really think about this. this Are we is some the... kind of flesh and bone cage for the ghosts of us? That I mean, you're, that's just like the birthed? soul question. Yeah. Because, I mean, I basically... Mean, what is a ghost? What okay. Is a soul? There, are, I feel like we've been over this on themes before, but I still want to go over it again for the new it's Halloween anyway. But like, I feel like the two theories are: one, there's some sort of like quote unquote ectoplasm or essence within us. Your Ghostbusters ghost. Your Ghostbusters ghost. Two, the stone tape idea that a ghost is actually a property of a place. Which um, there's the line in the Purple Mountains album that's like, um, ghosts are just like places dreaming of people yeah yeah and that i don't know that's like a really interesting theory i mean they're both technically a crock of shit but like i don't know what a great crock of shit it's a really i think there's something really poetic about the idea that a place remembers something but that that in its well that's like but then you can plot uh like the amityville horror right yeah yeah totally i mean that's what I feel like Amityville Horror is like a classic example of the quote-unquote stone tape thing, you know? Um, but then there's I'm also just... that sort of like M.R. Jamesian ghost of like like an inanimate object. Like, it, I don't know. Like, there's also the idea of like something called down by a ritual, like mm-hmm. a spirit that doesn't have anything to do with a person that existed, you know? I don't know. Yeah. That that always strikes me as something that is like a spirit that is separate from a ghost. M- maybe so. Like does a ghost have to be of a person? Yeah. I I feel like mentally there is a distinction between ghost and spirit for me, and that is that yeah. like a ghost supposes that it was a a, a formerly living person. Right. Yeah, what spooked you guys recently? Well, I just want to make it scary. Hell yeah, no, you're right. We're 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 talking a lot. We're ta- you know, but it's not getting spooky, and that's what that's the direction I feel like we ought to take. We gotta this get in. scary. We gotta do something. Scary. What's what's been scary for you guys? You know, I've been afraid Richard. of getting scared. Fuck you, Paul. You did a busy world of Richard scary joke. Okay, hey, that's what we're starting off with. We're trying to do a Halloween what special. Was, what here. was what was your thing, Nick? Um, you said I can't talk about the Joker. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, we just talk. We our our, our previous slash next episode is entirely yeah. about the Joker. So so we got that out of our systems. Um, even though it, admittedly it's it's scary to see a movie in the theater nowadays. Yeah, man. When we saw Midsummer earlier this year. 
it was like Fourth of July weekend, and people were setting off fireworks outside, and it oh, I no. didn't even I didn't even think about that. And so, literally, like five minutes in this film, we started hearing loud pops. And oh like, yeah, Christ. Kyle and I both had a reaction of like, what, the, like, uh oh, what the fuck is Uh-oh. that? Like, am I about to be on the news? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, because there's... there's loud enough that like, you know, it could feasibly have been a noise like a gunshot coming from a neighboring theater. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is horrifying. That the fact that we like li- that's the re- reality we live in. How far into midsummer were you? It was literally the opening bits. Like the first 30 minutes of that film were like, like after about 10 minutes, it became like a thing of like, okay, it's clearly not like a shooter situation because yeah. there's no screaming coming from other people. But yeah, what the fuck? At that point, it just became obnoxious and just yeah. like, what the fuck is happening? And then like realized like, oh, it's we're on the river and somebody's setting off fireworks. Right. I just watched Midsummer last night, and I didn't think it was very good. It's fine. It's, I didn't. I, mm. I didn't see it. I can't watch. Yeah, you should things watch that of that one. nature. Yeah. Um, the idea of setting a horror movie in the daylight, full stop, exit out, close program to me. You need you need some of the chias chiascuro chiascuro. Kioskuro? Kioskuro? All these sound right to me. I, I like pronounce that correctly Kiosko. in a song Same with an Italian So just accent. sample the silo song where I say that word correctly. <laughs> like, <laughs> Chiaroscuro. Is that right? Is that closer? I mean, it's Chiaroscuro? closer, dude. Chiaroscuro. I feel like it's... Died, but Chiaroscuro. Chiaroscuro. The Chiaroscuro. Anyway, I, I mean, no, I, I say that, but I don't mean it. You could have a... You could have... You can get really scared in the day, but it, there's a different look type at, of scary. Yeah. Look at uh, The Thing, right? Like the first 30, 40 what minutes thing? of The Thing. The Thing. The movie thing? The Thing. Okay. 1982. Fuck you off. Um, the first <laughs> okay. like 30, 40 minutes of that is set in like not just daylight, but like blinding daylight. Right. The Antarctic. The um, polar day. Granted, that's all the stuff of like them kind of figuring out what the heck is happening. And then once it, they're actually getting into the tense like scary situation it's mostly taking place indoors and in in the dark now yeah um which it's wild that that film takes place in antarctica and like still has what appears to be a normal like night day pattern like it takes place in antarctica and it's supposed to be like Uh, oh yeah well they're they're at the the they're at the pole too right i don't know if they're because there are parts of antarctica that experience Night and day, um, sure. Part times of the year, but but it's like it's like very bright day to suddenly like pitch black night, which yeah. is like I feel like that swing doesn't happen in reality. I think if you're if you're a, if you're I don't know far enough, I don't know if you're in like autumn, I feel like you could get that. Like there are, there are days, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, anyway, um, but no, I I don't I also don't love the like. To me, like pagan stuff, that's not super scary. <clears throat> like because it wasn't scary to people back then. Yeah, it was normal. 
you know the thing that 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 bothers me about and it's going to be a pretentious opinion uh but it felt like midsummer was trying to do like a a a very because the main characters are all college students like they're grad students admittedly but like the fact that yeah the fact that they're like college students that in the first like what 30 40 minutes do ayahuasca i'm already I don't like this type of people, and I, I yeah. and I don't like who it's appealing to, and it just feels like a very like college campus version of like a like a Lars von Trier film or something like that, where it's all about like weird rituals or whatever. I don't know. I also don't like Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. I yes. don't. Yeah, I. <laughs> I made, couldn't tell he if he made the my least favorite <laughs> piece of art I think I've ever. Melancholia? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's really not a poor quality. There's a version of me it's... that was sophomore year of college that watched part of Melancholia and and I would defend it, but then I then life has happened to me since and I'm just like, yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, you just certain I mean, yeah, and I don't begrudge anybody. Melancholia is a film that I remember watching and just being like, This is not a good film and then talking to other people and be like Oh wow! Why does everybody think this film is not only good but maybe one of the best films? Which is just like, well, I, because I film, like any art form, if you manipulate the rules and the technique of it well enough, you can you can make something that scans as excellent, yeah, while also being like bad. That's what like Swans does, I think. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's interesting. That's something I've been thinking a lot with movies lately, especially because I think it applies to uh, almost everything A24 has ever put out, is that it's <clears throat> it's good. It's kind of generic good. It's very, like, performative good. A lot of yeah, them are actually... Yeah, performative good is a thing. Yeah, like, um, and I, I, I don't know. I kind of felt that way about... There's a lot of movies I feel that way about, but... A lot of A24 stuff, especially the horror stuff, like, it's not, I don't know, I don't feel like it's challenging, it's, it's, it's good, it's just feels like it's treading over what's been done before, but, like, uh, regurgitating it in a way that is, is, like, I don't know, it's, I feel like someone, I once read a tweet that someone said A24 is, like, the urban outfitters of movies, and that feels right to me. I that was, it. uh, like, the horror a- space is really has been like artistically overrun by people who don't like horror very much. I would say in general that's true of, of like m- movies in a big way. I think a lot of genre spaces are experiencing an influx of Yeah. And I don't think that's bad. Like it it will increase the quality of horror over time. I, I get think. I think that's a, a good way to put it is the, that I've found frustration with people making just like good genre films that then people think are like the best movie. Right. Which I think, is how I felt about Midsummer. Yeah, there's there's definitely a problem or not a problem, but like there's been this move towards you know, there's there's cinema. This is going back to the last episode, but there's cinema, right? And then there's there's like movies, and then people trying to elevate the genre movie to cinema, but also being a person who maybe does not have a deep love or respect for the that genre, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then trying to make something of like 
well, if I was going to make a, a, an art film in this genre, this is yeah. how I would do it. Right. Um, I, I feel like this is a, a... I've been trying to wrap my head around this be, because I do think the idea of applying like, like the term cinema to some things and designating what is art and what is not is like really a, a fucking slippery slope and like a difficult thing. And in a lot of ways, like a bad thing to do because who the fuck wants to be a gatekeeper? But I, I'm trying to, I've been trying to think about it in like the context of a physical metaphor. And what helps me think about it, at least maybe, is like, like toys. Like assuming that watching any movie is a, a hobby. Like people that buy toys, like there is a difference between like three and three and a quarter inch or whatever action figures and then like. 12 inch figures and then those things that the like the really detailed very expensive like 250 dollar like perfect replica hmm. pieces that people buy some that they custom paint and i think like that range of things it exists in like art especially in film too like there are certain things that are easily accessible and are are good or good enough and then there are things that are really fucking, like, they're not, like, like movies that aren't inclusive, or they're exclusive, they're, they put you off in a way unless you're, like, well-versed in the thing. Not the thing in that. But, yeah. But, like, the, the idea of, of what has happened in the past in the genre, in the art form, and, like, where that fits into it. I, I agree. I, I tend to think that, the best way to think of it is in terms of idiom. Mm -hmm. um, like genres have their like a lot of people who read lit litfic are not into horror because it's like oh this is poorly written this mm -hmm. doesn't like this isn't character driven this doesn't etc. Um, when in reality it's like you don't understand the idiom here. A lot of people who like jazz don't like hip hop because yeah. they don't get the idiom. It's like. With anything, I think it's less useful to talk about high and low art and mm -hmm. more just, like, different dialects of art or yeah. different, like, artistic languages that are being used, you know? Yeah. Well, I, so for me, the, the problem then when, specifically horror films, the problem always comes with, you know, there are the things that are, like, idiomatic. There are the things that are uh, tropes or whatever. Um and there are times when people like lean into those tropes, but there are also times when people lean into the trope in order to subvert it, which can be useful. But at the end of the day, there's still like, I don't know. I, I want to be scared from a horror movie. Like I want to go into a horror movie being scared. I want to like walk away from it and be like, I got to turn the lights on. I want, I need, you know, I cannot be in the dark right now. And it's yeah. really hard because mm -hmm. so many horror films lean into the same type of thing. You know, like, like when you, when you absorb enough material of a certain type of thing, whether it's music, whether it's uh, literature or whatever, you start to be able to predict what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, really makes it really difficult to enjoy a horror movie because yeah. so many of them are like oh, okay i know what's going to happen here and at that point you're like if you know it's coming you're not going to be scared but then when they do get you when they do subvert that it can be very effective um 
which is what you love to see. <laughs> I think I think that, and to take it away from horror for a sec, but it's something else I've been thinking about, is like I really like magical realism. And I feel like in a lot of ways, magical realism does what horror does, but then it, like, it has the same mechanics, but then in magical realism, the end result isn't bad. Well, people talk a lot about the weird mm -hmm. as being a thing that sort of like, because the differences between like horror, magical realism, fantasy, science fiction, speculative fiction, etc., like they get it gets really blurry. But I think in general, what people talk about with the weird is like the definition you hear is um, the symbolic function of horror, and that's yeah. an interesting way of like what what is making all of these different genres tick. Um, I think to me, horror is scariest when it like not only scares your animal brain, but also like really, but makes you look at the world differently. Like mm -hmm. makes you like sort of pulls away the veil and you see like the void for a minute. Um, which is why like like the scariest shit to me is like serial killers or just like I don't know uh, stuff where you just are confronted with like the you know emptiness really or like non-meaning at all is is really interesting absolutely i don't know in that yeah horror is like is a category of fantasy or magical realism where it is bad like i think you could employ that definition mm -hmm. you know yeah, I mean, that is clearly reductive. I just, I don't know, I've been watching more horror movies lately, and I was just thinking, like, what happens when the ghost is good? Sometimes it is. Uh, you know, in the gothic story, the ghost is often trying to... Um, not, it's kind of like Rebecca, if you've ever read that. Who's that by? Daphne du Maurier. No, I have not. Um, it's like a, I, I forget if that's the one I'm thinking of, but, like, that's a trope in the gothic story, is, like, a woman moves in with a, you know, marries an, an older man and the ghost of his wife haunts the house and tells her, you know. Like that, he's a killer or whatever. Yeah, like Bluebeard, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, yeah. A, that's a gothic trope. In general, like, I don't know, in, in older forms of horror, you see more tidy endings like that. Yeah. Or like in A Christmas Carol. The ghosts in the, are good in that, you know. They're scary, but they're good. I love that yeah. idea. I'd like to see that more. Um, well, it's almost, again, not to bring it back to, like, literally the episode that we recorded prior, but, like, what you a, know, just as a, a villain is more compelling when they, like, they have a drive behind them that's uh -huh. understandable or whatever, something you can identify. Same with, like, a ghost, right? Like, yeah. when, when, when you have something, which is even weirder because, right, the whole point of a ghost is that it's something supernatural, something unknowable. Or, yeah, I, you know. I have to honestly take a hard pass on that. I think ghosts are really more compelling when there's absolutely no reason for what they're doing. Yeah. To, to me, at least. Like, my favorite ghost stories are, like, the sort of M.R. James type where it's completely unclear, like where where it's just mystery at the end. You know, it's wrapped up and there's no, why was it there? You know, that's sometimes, I don't know. 
I like the idea of sometimes or of ghosts that maybe do serve a purpose, but just exist like not as necessarily a character or a personality, but just exist as like a means to an end. Like, I don't know. I, I, that's something I've seen, and 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 not necessarily ghosts, but like supernatural characters. I think about like uh, certain characters in Murakami, where like there is um, Colonel Sanders appears, and he says he's not like a being in a way that like you would traditionally think of a being, but is just a like physical manifestation of an act that needs to be done. Hmm of an action or an idea that needs to be that needs to come to pass. And I think that's worth uh I don't know. Fucking Swiss Army man where the zombies good. I just gotta oh, put yeah. that in. Um I don't know. I thought but I also I watched the new Child's Play remake and I liked it, so maybe I don't have to I think I think ghosts are scarier when when they act inexplicably i think in general Mm -hmm. the scariest movies are or this i don't know the scary stories don't i don't know something something inexplicable from the supernatural world mm -hmm. produces effects within you know the psychology of the individual and like those effects are interesting but like the psychology of a ghost is not interesting to me well, it'd be an example right. of of that idea of a ghost. Or that. Uh, I think the classic one is like Haunting of Hill House, like the novel. Yeah, where there's a there's a ghost in the house. Probably, it's suggested that it might have a motivation, but the the whole point is like the breakdown of this unit of people, you know. Um, but I I think that like the classic. Um, I don't know, like the Willows, the Algernon Blackwood story is another great example of like two people stumble upon this place on a river that is, uh, it's very scary and very scary stuff happens, but it's not, the point of the story is their own mental break in response to that. Um, insofar as the scary story has to have a point, which I don't think it does really. Like, just being scary is enough. Well, the, so that that was the thing that I like. I really like when things do where they don't wrap up cleanly. Yeah. Where it's just like you get you get a a brief moment in time to see something happen. Um, I mean, it's what I liked about something like Lake Mungo, right? Which is a good uh. Um, a, a fake documentary, like mockumentary, dealing with like a girl who turns up dead, like she drowns, and then you know they family is obviously dealing with the grieving of that, and all the stuff that happens for the most part is like not there's not supernatural, you know it starts off supernatural and then it's revealed that like oh no somebody's doing you know some other person is doing this. Um, and by the end of it, you're just like, okay, well, what, what happened? And it's just like, you don't know. Like by the end of it, there's like some really weird shit that happened and you just have no idea what that is. And that is why like, that's a film that I like 
shut off the projector and went to go upstairs and was like, I got it. Mm, I have to turn on the lights <laughs> because yeah. like, which it's been a while since I feel like I've had a moment like that where I walked away from something and was just like, I need it to not be dark right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel um, like I felt that way in a while. I think that, I don't know. It's rare that I get that feeling, but that's, I don't know. That's what it is. You know, that's what it should be. Well, you have that sometimes with like, um, reading, right? Like with like, yeah, I'll get that. I'll get that. A really good book. I mean, like haunting of Hill house is an example of a book that is like really scary. Uh, I, and I don't know. I, I read pretty widely in that genre and try and like find stuff that is like really terrifying but it it, there's also a lot of stuff that's kind of tropey or that is like just trying to tie up all the loose ends so that you leave it you shut the book you turn off the projector then you don't need to go turn on the lights or whatever um which I don't know. I think appealing to a sense of narrative closure is like the worst thing that a writer can do in that genre, particularly. You know, fellas. Yeah. I just thought about something. What? I think we may be just doing a redo of last year's Halloween special. I think so. Which <laughs> is why we need to get to the we need to get to the pitching horror movie idea segment. You're right. Or what we talked about, creepy pasta. Okay. I thought we already did that. Did we already do that? I don't know if we did, actually. We we read Let's from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Let's listen through all of the past two Halloween specials. I think it's good. I think I think if it's more of the same, I, people are going to dig I it. I think it'd be funny if we uh, just redid... I think we're word doing, for word. I like, think we're doing it like better a, this time around. Oh, absolutely! It, it'd be fun to see a yearly progression of our discussion until we actually have. But we should we should get into that. We should pitch some. We should pitch some movie ideas. Well, so what I would say is that like one of my favorite films is Wreck, and one of my least favorite films I've ever seen is Quarantine, which is a shot for shot remake of Wreck. I've seen and Quarantine. It's not good. They did, well, they did some big changes that I hated. Well, I saw Quarantine on a date in 11th grade. So, tell me about how Rex better. Rex is better because the, like, bad guy at the end, quote-unquote, is, like, literally, like, a bacterial viral infection that causes demonic possession. Okay, and what is it in quarantine? In quarantine, it's they changed it to uh, not have any sort of... It's not demonic possession. It's more of a... Um, I think they changed it to more of just a illness or something. I, I Hold on, I'm trying to look it up. Because I... Uh, chemical weapons lab where they somebody stole a virus is what happens in That's quarantine. Right. So it's just like a it's just like a chemical virus as opposed to like when they get up to like the thing that makes Rex so fucking scary beyond literally everything else in that film is they get up to the penthouse and they open it up and there's just newspaper clippings about like 
this girl that was possessed by a demon covering the wall. They find like an old tape recorder that they go and listen to and they don't understand what the fuck it's talking about. Like that. And then there's a whole, um, like dentist chair almost set up. That's just up there for no reason. It's like this guy never even came to this place. Why was he, why is all this stuff here? Um, that again, that inexplicable shit of like, yeah, what is causing this? Oh, it's actually like, what if what we call demonic possession is actually, um, the result of some sort of, um, like contagion. Um, and that's cool. Like that was like, Oh fuck. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then wreck, Wreck 2 did some stuff that was pretty cool, and then Wreck 3 kind of sucked. Uh, I don't remember. If, I think they made a fourth one that was also okay. It's so hard to make a good trilogy in this world. Yeah, shouldn't even try. Well, especially with horror movies, right? Because the whole thing with a horror movie is like, the stuff that's scary is the unexplainable, or the stuff that you don't... You have to keep people guessing, or not have a whole lot of information... Yeah. That as soon as you start trying to build out a trilogy or sequel even, you start having to show too much of your hand. Yeah, categorically, there should never be a sequel to a horror movie or book. Like, it just doesn't... That a, If you write a story that admits of a sequel, it's not good. Like, it's not good enough. Like, if there, if it can possibly be succeeded by more in that you know i don't know like more than any other thing a horror story has to like exist in a totally self-contained universe right well so that was the thing about like halloween um if i can be on my john carpenter bullshit very briefly Um, away uh halloween was not meant to be like a there wasn't supposed to be a sequel like, John Carpenter did not have anything to do with Halloween 2. He came back for Halloween 3, in which Michael Myers doesn't really even appear into it, except on, it's like on a news. Uh, shows up like on a television at some point. In Halloween 2? Like, <clears throat> in Halloween 3. Okay, yeah, Season of the Witch. Yes. Right? That was when John Carpenter came back. So, but Halloween 2 wasn't him. Because he had always imagined Halloween as being like more of an anthology. You know, that's what originally um, they were going to do with Stranger Things. Ah, that would have been With better. what? Stranger Things. Oh, really? The first season was just going to be about the kids, but then everyone responded so well to the kids that they wrote the second season ah. around them. But originally they wanted it to be like a season one-off um, anthology show. It's Anthologies or short stories are both very great ways, I think, to get horror. Because there's almost never been a good horror novel, really. Like, there are probably under 10 really excellent horror novels. And that I was reading something the other day uh, about like what can like movies do that 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 books can't, that novels can't. And uh, the thing, the main point it had that the strength of movies is that you can kind of like include things passively like in books if there's information that you want to be there um but like people not key in on it too much you have to keep it vague 
Like you have to describe yeah. it in, a, in an intentionally vague way. I think where yeah. in film you can include certain visuals, like something in the background or something that like is 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 there but is ambiguous or, or, or doesn't seem important, but then means a lot later. Like there's a way to include information without putting emphasis on it. Yeah, I I would counter that. I think there is a literary way of doing that too. Mm -hmm. Like I think filmic language is like. You're you're right that it's very capable of including material without centering it. Whereas if you're writing a text, because there's only one word mm -hmm. available to the reader at a time, any you can't hide something in the frame. Um, but you can you can like make appearances much vaguer yeah. in, in prose than you can on, on screen. Um, you yeah you can do like the. What? like Lovecraftian kind of thing. Yeah. Just like... Or you can do like a thing that like Aikman will always do is just be like, describe a character so vaguely, like with their appearance that it's almost like, it's just terrifying to hear someone described as being like tall comma or short, perhaps <laughs> or something like that. Like, you know, that's some, that's some, uh, fucking series of, of unfortunate events ass yeah shit. it's like if you turn those techniques towards being unsettling but it's also possible to be like i don't know occasionally i'll read a story like a, a technique that you'll come across sometimes is somebody will be like write a big paragraph with a ton of text and then just something is hidden there mm -hmm. at the moment in the paragraph when the reader is most likely to be skimming you know it's like you you can almost hide something in text if you if you know that people are going to be reading it like a horror story, you can, like, yeah, you know, if you're relying on people not reading it very closely, you can, like, plant stuff it, in there. That's true, but I feel like it's... It, it's it, different. Like, it it's a lot harder to do than, like, the shit that I love in horror films, which are, like, the blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. Yeah, totally. That's what I don't love about, like, a lot of the big mainstream horror films that get blown up is because they are not like the ones that have huge budgets or whatever that they're, they're like, we got to get people out. Like they don't care about doing that kind of stuff. But I love that when there's like a, like almost like the, the, this is a shitty pull to have, but like the fight club, uh, Tyler Durden. Yeah. Like freeze frames, but like the stuff like that in a horror movie. Yeah. Especially if it's like not. Or like the goat, when we watch Ghost Watch, and if you like pay attention closely, there's yeah. like people in the background. There's like that guy standing oh, in the corner yeah. when they do the like. Oh, that's great stuff. Pan. Like that's, man. Yes. Like, yeah. That's the thing that movies can really do. Like you can hide so much. Or like the Twin Peaks thing where the first time you actually see, or yeah, in Twin Peaks, the first time you see Bob is he's just like in the mirror in a shot before his character's even introduced. Like, his head is just there in, like, episode yeah. one when they're with Sarah Palmer. And then that doesn't even mean anything until episodes later. But I do think the thing that, that, that books, that, that like, uh, writing has over movies is that you get to be vague in the description of things, which can be a lot more horrifying. Right, because people, you allow somebody to fill in the blank with whatever is worst to them. Which I know? think is why, like... um. Rosemary's Baby, which Roman Polanski is a piece of shit, rape is fucking. But Rome, uh, the but Rosemary's Baby, uh, the part in that where they don't show the baby, and it's just um, Mia Farrow screaming, "What's wrong with his eyes?" 
is like a million times yeah, better than if they had shown I'm the baby. Scared just thinking about yeah, that. like just that's yeah. something that I think film doesn't do enough is not show you the thing, but just have yeah. people react to the thing yeah. exclusively because they'll do that at first and then Man. they show the thing. Mm-hmm. One of the most effective sequences in a horror film for me was this um, this film called like the last horror film. Mm-hmm. I think I think is what it was the last called. horror show. I think. Uh, it, it's, there's, it was like the plot of it is that you, you, the viewer rented this from Blockbuster and it starts off with like some like kind of cheesy horror film. And then like 10 minutes in it cuts like somebody has dubbed over the film Hmm. and then it's just like a serial killer killing people and like doing like the kind of like the Henry portrait of a serial killer kind of thing of just like him talking about what he does and why he does it as a sequence where he like kidnaps two people. He's got the camera on both of them and then he pushes the pants, the camera over. So it's just focused on the other person. And then he murders the other person in front of them. And all you get, like there's very little sound. Uh, All you get though is like just the, the look of sheer horror on the other person's eyes as Mm -hmm. he's doing what he's doing. And that was so fucking effective and scary. Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, real life examples of stuff that like really bothers me or or that I can think of is that, I don't know, that entire found footage thing, like what they did in the last horror show, like the fact that that is a thing on the internet that like. Yeah, it's scary. Even, Even when you know it's. Like I won't watch it. There are so many things I won't watch, but I've seen like a frame of. And yeah. even if the frame doesn't depict anything, knowing that it's a part of like a larger thing that does show, knowing is that that's out there, deeply unsettling. Yeah, the knowledge that something like that could even exist. Or like, there's one photo of like it's like like the the, the murderer took like a film like a photo of this woman like seconds or like a minutes before he killed her, and like that photo is out there, and it's so and it's like I mean it's not I don't it's a photo of a person. There's Nothing, like, aesthetically deeply off about it until you know immediately, right. like, oh, fuck. And then it has an intensely, like, cursed yeah. thing to it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, th- that's what makes the found footage creepypasta thing. Or do you know about the one about the, um, true story, like, the two guys that went hiking and then they took photos and then found out, like, in the background of their photos, there was a woman, like, on the verge of death that had, like, fallen and been injured days before. Like, I think her and someone else were hiking. But there's this, like, series of photos that are just these guys, like, taking photos of, like, the mountains while they're hiking and them, like, taking photos. And then they went back and looked at them and then they saw this, like, very injured woman, like, kind of in the grass of the photo. And I think, I think there were, I think there were two women and they went back and saved one of the women. But the other other was dead. Yeah. And it's just this thing that, like, I don't want to look too deeply at that photo because that's fucking horrible. That way lies madness, yeah. But knowing that there is, like... And it's sad, too. Like, knowing that there is this is. person on the verge of death. Because stuff that's horrifying in movies is also sad in real life. <laughs> yeah. Like, death and murder and and killing is, like, not just scary when it actually happens. It's yeah. actually really sad, too. It's not. It's not just... Like, it's heartbreaking. It's not just scary in real life um 
And that's the thing that, like, horror can't deal with very well, or doesn't, really, is, like, actual death, you know? Um, like, the people in the slasher movies, mm-hmm. their deaths are, like, important or funny or, <laughs> yeah. you know. Or there is, like, a funeral later in the movie, but no one's, like... Yeah, like, grief isn't... Some horror movies deal well with grief, but, like, really... I don't know. It's it's almost like a disaster movie. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you can't deal with the people who die in a disaster movie. Yeah. You can't look too closely at that because <laughs> all of a sudden like the viewer starts to feel like a bad person. Like serial like Saw or something. Like those kinds of movies are like if you allow if you allow yourself to like break down or like put the fourth wall up or mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know? And like, treat these people as real. Uh, it becomes less entertaining. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I but th- that's what makes the creepy pasta hang so scary is the idea that it is real. Mm-hmm. Like this did happen, and it the sadness becomes part of the scariness. You know. Yeah, I I think the only movie I've seen that maybe does um I don't know. It's why I think It Follows is almost so good. It's because it does actually take, like, like normally in a fucking horror movie, the first people to die are, like, the, the teenagers having sex. Like, that's just a trope we accept. Like, in a horror movie, if someone is, is going to fuck, they are going to die. Right. And in this, they, they make that the central point of it, that this is, like, a, a death sentence passed through sex. And It Follows just a few, like one character as she and her friends try and deal with this and it's great when it's just this this lingering threat this like solitary figure that changes shape yeah. walking towards the character that you have to escape yeah it sucks when they start interacting and like punching people or pushing people when the it of the title right becomes no that's like a that's like exactly force. when the movie like stops yeah and it, then... it stops being like like Stop making this killer something that's more psychological and more just like any other yeah unstoppable force in a movie. Do you guys want to take a break and then when we come back we'll talk about uh get down to the real scary yeah, shit. Yeah, just take a break from talk analyzing stuff. Yeah, and then and then get spooky. Less discussion, more uh Halloween town. Spook. We'll be right Hollow back. Calabar's revenge? What? Well, that was the cutting point, but what just happened? <laughs> Let's bring it back to the creepy. Let's bring it back to the spooky and the scary and the uncanny and the frightening. So I want to ask the thing that I asked before we went on a long tangent and all basically did our bullshit for half an hour. Yep, the podcast. What's the last thing that, like, (laughs) really scared the shit out of you? Uh, uh, I haven't... uh, I haven't been afraid since I was a baby, so that's my answer. Paul? I mean, I think I talked about it. Lake Mungo freaked me out a little bit, but the last thing that really scared the shit out of me, like... Does it have to be had... content? It can just be a thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But, like, the like a thing where it's, like, I had to alt F4 was uh, 
I got like a VR system and I was playing through a game called Dread Halls. Um, and I had to quit playing that game because it freaked me out too much. Man. Like horror video game in VR too much. Yeah. I like that. Anything in VR sounds like too much. Man. It's a lot. I I don't know. I'm trying to think of the last thing that actually made me feel like like I feel like there was something, but I don't want to remember it. I don't know. Well, we were talking about creepypasta the other day. I don't know if that really counts. I don't know if that really gives you the heart. The heebie-jeebies. The real heebie-jeebies. I I feel like more than fear, it's just like dread that I feel. I don't know anything that's super... That's really, really scared me. Other than just like, oh, no, I'm late for something. I mean... It's important to distinguish different types of fear here, though. Like, Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like, a fear that turns normal things into, into being frightening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what horror does. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always, like, the thing that I go to when talking about horror movies in general is like there's stuff that's scary and there's stuff that's like horrifying you know like that like there's there's like a jump scare will get you to jump that's like it's it's designed to do that by having a thing like come out at you but like something that is like really horrifying is that stuff that you like turn all the lights on and walk away and like need to um the stuff that stays with you. Yeah. But what was the last thing that scared you, John? I think, I mean, I recently watched this movie called In Fear, which was, I, I don't know if I would say it was a great movie and the balance, pretty scary, pretty good, pretty good. The writing wasn't like, you know, not going to, I I don't know. Like, I I wasn't about to, like, Venmo the writer my life savings, but is decent. But there's a couple scenes in that movie where it does this really classic trope that had never really got me before, but it did this time, where they're driving through this forest in Ireland or through this sort of, like, empty wooded area. And they keep making the same turn and coming along the same thing again and again. Um, But something about the way it was shot here, just it like took that from being like, oh, ha 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 this to being like, oh, Christ, like made me never want to drive a car in a forest again. You know? Yeah. do, Do you remember when we went to go visit Lick Road? Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, that was Where the thing. Cause, uh, it is in somewhere in Hamilton, I think. It's near the, yeah, it's near the Rumpke thing. Yeah. It's okay. near like the, the landfill. Yeah. But it's like a famous, supposedly haunted site. Uh, and there's a whole story behind it that I don't even remember. Uh, um, but we went and visited it probably 2011, 2012. I think it was the year that we moved into. Yeah. It was, it was the, yeah, it would have been the Halloween that we moved into, um, 4081. Yes. Um, Because I remember I came back and I wrote on the 
shower after I had fogged up the name of the ghost that supposedly haunts that area. So then the next person who took a shower would see that written on the shower. Oh, that's a dick move. <laughs> um, but uh, that was a thing that I remember mentioning, like, cause we were, you know, we're trying to get into the spirit of driving in a supposedly haunted place. And I remember we get to the end of the road and like said, the scariest thing that could happen is if for us to turn around and leave and wind up back at the end of the road again. Yeah, it's I mean it's so classic, but for some reason this time maybe it was just I was mentally prepared for it, but like I felt how scary that would be. Like the trope totally went underneath my defenses and it and it got me like I felt as if I were driving and was running out of gas mm. and was like and, and was lost in this like maze. Um, and that's, I mean, other stuff happens in the movie, but that's the really scary thing that was like, I don't know, that, that got me, got me pretty good. Um, I, I thought of a scary story that happened to me, but this is a high school story. That's good. Not sure if I've told it before on the podcast. Maybe so. It might be a classic. We could revisit it. Let me, does it involve Batman? It involves Batman and the Joker. (laughs) Hell yes, let's go. Tell it again. Um, it was a friend's, I think we were in 10th grade, maybe 11th grade, and um, everyone went out to the garage to smoke um, like a, 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 a hookah that someone put weed in, so it, it oh, yeah, we were all sitting around, and then like half, I, I don't think I was smoking, I think I was drinking, and um, but like halfway through, I remember someone being like, hey look. And then uh, in the window in the garage was someone wearing a Batman mask, just staring at us. And I, no, I was a little, I was smoking, and I was a little stoned, and I was like, oh, that's just Joe. And then everyone, like, freaked out. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has <laughs> like, been a very like, long like, operation. <laughs> SWAT team comes in. But, like, everyone started freaking They're like, who is that? Who is that? Because you could see, like, the garage door was cracked, and you could see um, the shoes at the bottom. Oh, yeah. That's so good. So you could just see, like, the shoes faintly and then um, Batman mask. Yes. And I, for some reason, thought it was our friend who wasn't in the room. And then people started funneling out, and then um, then I saw Joe inside and realized it was not him. And so we started relaying that to the guy whose house it was, like, hey, there's someone out there watching us, and I was still trying to be like, oh, it's chill. People started, like, hiding the weed, the beer, we were underage. And then um, then there's just, like, a, a loud bang against the back window, and we realize that something is being thrown against the back window, and then at the front window, we see hands, like, trying to, like, like a hand trying to reach and, like, pry the window open or, like, get to the screen. So... Everyone starts, like, freaking out. I remember we divided into two groups. There were uh, three guys who stayed upstairs, including the homeowner, and they armed themselves with, um, I believe it was a baseball bat, a wine bottle, and a football helmet. Were th- That was the line of defense. Okay. And then everyone else ran downstairs. Um, and then there was, like, a bathroom. I remember uh, one guy hiding in the bathtub while his girlfriend just kind of, like, stood in front of him. And then, like, one guy that was being very protective and, like, standing in front of the group. And then I, for some reason, thought it was uh, was my role to stand near the door. 
Like, I wanted to be in charge of everything because I, I wasn't fully convinced or, or of what was going on. But then um, I, we're all downstairs. It's silent for a little bit. And then the, the kid whose house it was yells like, who the fuck are you and what are you doing in my fucking house? And then uh, heard some scuffling and then nothing. And then uh, there's a walk down the stairs. Then you hear, like, footsteps yep. down oh, the stairs. Yeah. And I'm, like, by the door. Uh, and I start thinking, fuck, uh, we should, like, get one of these washing machines off the wall and, like, put it against, the like, a washer or a dryer and, like, put it against the wall. We have to call someone. But then we're all, like, fucking 15 or 16, like, smoking weed. We don't want to call anyone. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> then there's a knock at the door. And there's a mix of, like, people saying, open it and don't open it. And then I think I hear my friend's laugh, who has a pretty distinctive laugh. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be fine. I'll open it. And then I, like, open the door, and then I think I see what is, like, a deranged-looking man with long, blonde hair. And I just, like, immediately, like... I this is not an exaggeration. I actually did grab them by the neck and start like winding back to punch them. And then as I'm like mid punch, I hear Nick, 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 stop. And I stop. And then I realize that I have by the throat my friend's younger sister dressed as the Joker. <laughs> and then they open the door more and everyone who was upstairs is standing there. And then her older sister, who was she was at the party, was uh, dressed like Batman. And then I realized uh Oh, they were doing they were doing a little prank, but ah. that was that was sheer horror where I must punch someone in the face. That's that good. I guess is a good response to that, but yeah, I got I got lingering Joker feelings from that. I suppose. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had. I innately have a fear of like looking out the window and seeing a face, and I think it was there before. That's that. like the original fear the scariest thing that's why i never want to fucking live ground floor or first floor ever again if you see someone's face on the third floor something's happening that's beyond explanation there's that uh is that i know it's definitely like a creepypasta story but isn't there a, a lovecraft story about somebody staying in a cabin i don't i've never and what yeah and what like and, and like staying staying in a cabin overnight and like seeing bizarre photos on the or pictures on the wall and then like the next morning it's like oh no that was a window. I know that there's like a creepy pasta that's like that. oh. I thought there was a Lovecraftian story in that. I don't know. The thing about creepy pasta is that like it's engaging because it's short, but also it's all poorly written and it's all basically a summary of a better horror story before it. Yeah, I mean. Well, it's engaging, except the Squidward It's scary Squidward because one. if you allow yourself to believe that it might be real, mm-hmm. it can get under your skin. Like if you can, that's the fourth wall that it's breaking. Well, and yeah. I think the origin that's of creepy pasta comes from something awful, where they'd actually have posts where, and they have a Reddit subreddit that's that does this. Um, but you're supposed to present them as if this is something that's actually happening to you, right? Which is very like, I don't know. Very like Borges almost. As soon as like, it, it becomes creepy pasta, I feel like it it, it immediately takes away. Yeah, from because the it's just like bad flash fiction. <laughs> yeah, like oh my god, the fucking Instagram ads that talk about and I don't know, they might be on other social media, but they're like the text horror stories, where it's like that. 
Hey, mom, did you just get home? Mom, no, I'm still out. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, someone just walked in. Who could it be? And they're like, lock the door. If you want to read more, buy this app. And you're like, I don't want to fucking read more. It's I, basic yeah. story. Yeah, uh, that's it's all that same shit of like, uh, the, um, I think it's what the scary story is to tell in the dark, like person like driving home and the person behind them keeps flickering on their high beams or whatever. And then they get yeah. home and they, they run up and they yeah. tell their boyfriend, they call the cops. The it's cops go up in the reveal. Yeah. 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 The, the best um, creepypasta are, are the ones that like take some sort of that, that one are vaguely plausible and two like take some sort of, uh, they deal with childhood, you know, like they they invert the the Candle Cove one is Candle okay. Cove is very good uh, as a piece of fiction. It's pretty good. I think it's great yeah. because everyone has this like half remembered thing they watch that is stuck with them. Yeah, exactly. It taps into something that it's very intelligent to like even realize. You know, when I was a kid, when I was probably like thirteen. I used to have, like, a series of recurring nightmares about those little, like, creepy baby doll things they had at Spencer's. Like, I, I look now, they're basically garbage pill kids for, like, mm-hmm. they're g- garbage pill kids for, like, like scene kids, for goths. Like, yeah. it's, I saw one that's, like, Nefarious Nick, and it's just, like, a vampire in a coffin. But it's all these, like, bloody, kind of gory, like, baby dolls that they sold. And I used to have recurring nightmares about those fucking things, of, like, I'd be asleep, and then I'd imagine the computer in my room just started, like, blaring this, like, eerie song sound. And then I'd open the computer, and it would just be, like, like in my dream, it would just be, like, these different, like, stills, this weird video of this doll. Okay. And. Incorporating the computer. Yeah, I think I had a lot of, like, nightmares about having a, a computer in my room. Yeah. Or the unknown of that. I still think there's nothing more terrifying to me routinely. That is not like horrifying, but it's that thing where you're asleep and then there's just a loud noise that isn't your alarm for some reason. Oh, that's oh, you know, the most terrifying thing that ever happened to me. I'm sure that I talked about this in the last episode, but it's fine. We're Do doing it every a year, baby. We're, get doing, better we're doing a reboot, a gritty reboot of the last Halloween episode. Um, is one time I woke up. From a dream, this I think the really scary thing is that in the dream there was nothing to cause this. But I woke up from a otherwise sort of ordinary dream, and I was hearing this sort of like chanting or this marching. Mm-hmm. I was in my room in Clifton, and um, and and I heard it. In the way that, like, sound from a dream lasts a little bit yeah. when you wake up. I know that's what it was. Um, but I heard what sounded like, essentially like a march. Like, people chanting. It, if you heard it in that context, it wouldn't have been scary. But in the way, it was scary at the time. And I heard it for, like, a pretty long time. Um, to the point where, like, I in my half-awake state at, like, 5.30 a.m., really thought that there was a march going on down Clifton Avenue. Mm. Like, it, was, it, it wasn't, like, obviously a dream figment. It probably lasted 30 seconds to a minute yeah, or something. And, but I looked it up the next day. There was definitely nothing. It was mm-hmm. definitely, like, 
like a really really intrusive dream thing but that i mean that like that that wigged me out a little bit i bet i did not get back to sleep (laughs) it was odd you know Um, because i it felt directional too like it felt like i woke up and i was like this is coming from outside the window Mm -hmm. uh yeah weird i don't have stuff like that happen to me very often no i the uh, the only way I can relate was one time I, I was drifting off to sleep when I lived on Hamilton Avenue, and then I just heard a police siren, and then, hey, wake up! And that was sheer horror for a second. Yeah. Just thinking the police were speaking directly to me. Yeah. Because it was, like, right in that, like, that, like, is that what the Twilight Zone is? That area right before sleep. And um, then I just heard that, and I... You're I, very vulnerable in those moments. I, like... Sure, or like, yeah. what did I do? Oh, and then know, I ran outside and there was someone like asleep in the park. Yeah. You know, a weird thing that happened to me related to this podcast once. Um, it might have actually been after the last Halloween episode we did. Ooh. Is I went, I left your apartment at like 3.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I forget what had happened. Like, I had driven there. And I think we were just drinking, and I probably overdid it. And I wound up, like, just falling asleep on your couch. I woke up at, like, 3.30, went out to my car, and some, and there was this lady who... I can't remember exactly how it went down, because I was half asleep. Probably not in a fit state to drive, even, um, in terms of how tired I, I was. Um... But this lady, like, wanted a, a ride mm-hmm. somewhere. I, I don't remember what it was. It was really vague. Like, and so she, she, it was hard for me to figure out. I was like, okay, get in. Like, we'll, I'll take you there on my way home. Um, it was really hard to tell where she wanted me to go. Yeah. Like, I couldn't get, I couldn't get information. In the way that, like, a lot of the time, People who need something from you are eager to tell you their story to prove that they're, you know, they're not like mm-hmm. whatever. Like, oh, this is real, right? Like, uh, but she, it wasn't that way. She was like very vague. And finally, I took her to where she was like, okay, this is it. Yeah. And it was not a thing. It was like an empty parking lot in Avondale. And she <laughs> just got out. And I, I went home. Was that where she asked to go, or where you were just... Yeah, like... I mean, well, because finally, because uh, I drove in that direction, um, where she was like, oh, it's this way. And I drove around, and she was like, okay, it's here. And it was like, I think a, like an, a bank that was closed, because it was four in the morning. Yeah. And an empty oh, parking God. lot. And, like, on a quiet street. And then, yeah. That's weird. terrifying. That's a terrifying thing. That I, 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 I'm glad nothing bad happened. That's, that's so. It was weird. I mean, it's not like, I, I didn't get a bad vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it wasn't like, if I felt that she was in some way, like, dangerous, I would have dealt yeah. with that differently. But, I mean, she seemed like, I, I was also in kind of a trance state too which is what was really weird about yeah. it is that i felt like i was just sort of like half asleep trying to get home acting kind of outside of my own volition 
I I remember a, a, a time when I lived on um, Senator, right? No, not okay. Senator Hosea. When oh, I lived yeah. on Hosea, it was when we lived when I moved into that house. And a friend of mine who I'd known for a while, she texted me like asking me. I think it was like three a.m. Like I woke up, asking me if she could come like crash, and I was like, yeah, if you need a place. But then she continued to like, I don't know. Her texts were like increasingly garbled. And, like, there'd be a, like, French word in there occasionally mm-hmm. in a way that was just flatly, like, nonsensical. Like, it, it, it took so much effort, and I was already half asleep yeah. to try and understand what she was asking for. And it was really surreal. Yeah. She didn't come over. Eventually, she just kind of stopped responding. Hmm. And I still don't know what she wanted from that. Hmm. But I had a, a friend who um, moved to L.A. to be an actor. And then I, I caught his Facebook, and he was, like, kind of doing the same thing, where it's just this, like, garbled, these garbled sentences are these, like, like very listing of different things. Interesting. It's not, like, clearly communicating any idea, but it... it I'd be curious to see it. I'm kind of curious that about that. Like I think... I like I think so. And, like, but on facebook over time like it was yeah. a period of <laughs> off screen yeah it That's was it, sorry yeah it, no it was it, it, it was just like a sustained thing and he got better but i do think that was yeah. the thing but it was very um it was very surreal to just see these like updates that were combination like weirdly accusatory and 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 garbled english in between your like facebook feed yeah, people who are in some way who are online and are like ill. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it sounds really callous. That's very scary. Like it's way more scary than if you talk to somebody who's mentally ill in person. When yeah. you can, you like you can look into somebody's eyes and you can see person, person. You know. Yeah, it's. It's, it's easier not to that de-escalate. It's, it's yeah, it's easier to understand, but online it's like there's no there's nothing behind there. It's very frightening. One time I was on I was reading um I was reading Mirakami, I was reading Kafka on the shore, and it's right when like uh one of the mysterious like spirit people shows up to communicate to the main character. And I couldn't sleep, it was like three thirty AM and I got a Facebook friend request from um no picture named George Glass which is a very fake name. Uh-huh. And then um, immediately mess. And I was like, sure, I'm going to add this because I've just read a chapter in a book where it's like a, a mysterious stranger approaches yeah. with wisdom. And then they said, like, thanks for the ad immediately. And uh-huh. like started to engage me in conversation. And then I Googled George Glass and it was um, like Marsha's, not Marsha, this, the Janet's fake boyfriend from the Brady Bunch. And it just felt very, like, surreal. They stopped responding to me, and the account was, like, deleted by morning. Weird. Yeah, but that was one of those things. That... Sometimes shit will... I don't know. Online has created a really rich space for stuff like that to happen. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish it happened more. I'm kind of glad it doesn't. I think that's one of the really fun things about Creepypasta and about, like, the early internet is that there were just these worlds that people created on, like, GeoCities. And it was harder to 
it was harder to determine the truth or falsity of a thing um, in the early internet. Well, that's the thing is like creepypasta almost carries with it this thing of like, uh, like chain letters, like chain emails from your yeah. grandma. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's that. Of it's, like re- retweet this or, 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 or send this to 20 people. Or, yeah. But I think in general, like, creepypasta is documentary in nature it's not really trying to implicate the reader in that way um yeah it's not saying forward this to 12 people or all yeah of although i mean maybe that's a component but in in general it's like i don't know it it always it's always underwritten in that way though you know yeah like, some of it's John, sloppy I don't know if I told you this, but do you remember? I know I told you to play that game, uh, The Uncle Who Works at Nintendo. I played that. It was pretty good. Yeah, the guy who wrote that. Yeah, the guy who wrote that actually created the smile.jpg creepypasta, apparently. What's the smile.jpg creepypasta? It's the one of like the dog with like human like teeth. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, you You hate to see it. Yeah, the one that's just like, yeah, there's this dog that keeps telling me like to do something and i i know this is what it wants me to do and it's just to share this image uh, apparently he like created that on x okay the 4chan horror board way back in the day yeah but he was talking about that the other day and i thought that was like oh fuck i did not know that person made this which is weird right to like to like follow somebody who and you know, there's no, I don't have any way of fact checking that, but like to follow somebody who, like, oh, this is the originator of that of, story. Of that thing that, like, is supposed to, ideally, it's anonymous. Like, ideally, it actually happened, right? Like, that's the. Right. That's the, the there was it's, a it's dog like, with human teeth? Yes, that, ideally. That sounds like just, I don't know, viral marketing for the shaggy lawyer, the shaggy DA. The shaggy DA. Tim Allen turns into a dog, but he's still a lawyer. Nick, do you do you know the the image that I'm talking about? Uh, I like, think are so. You familiar? I've never heard of this. Hold on, I'm gonna send it to the the chat. You're gonna have to probably navigate over to the TV do and I open it look up. At this? Yeah, it's not that bad. Am I gonna get scared? Oh, I don't like that one bit, brother. Brother, I don't like face? this. Why would you send this to me? Not very good, huh? Not bad. I not. would not describe that as being extremely good. You said a dog with human teeth. That's, that's not, not a dog, dog with human, human teeth. teeth. That's a thing with that's a well, monster. So that's the man. thing. There are teeth there. That's the thing he talked. That's eyes, the thing maybe. he talked about though in, in writing it is that like, I'm, like he it. never. It doesn't yeah. have eyelids. Its face is shaped wrong. You don't know it that looks it like it have has. Eyelids. It doesn't look like it. Look at it again. I don't know where the eyelids would be. But this is the thing, right? Where he talked about, like, in creating this, is the thing where he's like, he, I don't think he said he ever called it a dog, but once he shared it, people started referring to it as a dog. Because, like, what else would you call that? I'd call it, no thank you, (laughs) ma'am. It looks like a little. I I don't want to show it. It's not human teeth. Those aren't human teeth. They're human teeth. It's too big. I think it's not. Regardless. Well, there's also there's also this one. This is no, like another. Don't need it. Curious. Don't want it. Don't want it. This one actually is a dog. Oh, that's not scary. That's cute. This is kind of scary. It's like a Cujo bootleg fucking oh, DVD so cover. That one's not so bad. That's fine. That's just a that's just a dog. 
this other thing is mirrored and it's real red and it's hard the to tell the dimensionality really of the face. But I don't know. It, it's that's such a a bizarre thing of like that was like uh cuz cuz the, the pre-internet version of this is, is like um Scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh-huh. Or are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, urban, right? urban legends. I mean, it. it I yeah, think it evolves really organically from or, urban legends. Man, fact. I don't want to bring it back. I'm gonna bring it back. I know this is in last years, but like the two fucked scariest things to me are that one David Lynch thing where the guys in the diner talking to his friend about how he keeps having a recurring nightmare. Mulholland Drive. Yeah, Mulholland Drive. About um, like walking. He's like, I imagine we're here, and then I walk behind the dumpster, and then this thing appears. And it scares me to death. And the friend's like, that's crazy. It's just a dream. We'll go back there and it's going to be fine. And then they walk back there and this thing pops out. And then he has a heart attack and dies. And it just like... And the thing is even that scary. It's just like, it's a it's like a lady covered in suit. But she just like jumped. It, he, it's like very... I mean, what the... What, what that is, is like, imagine being so scared of seeing a homeless person that you died on the spot. That's basically what that is. Well, it, I think it's the added component of just like seeing it in your dreams of something that you're like, it's not like, it's not inherently that scary, but yeah. you have like a dream that you're going to see this thing. Yeah. Like you just have this compulsion that like, I can't do this because it this is going to happen. You don't want to. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a thing in Twin Peaks where like these two people are staring at a fixed point. And then, like, slowly a thing materializes and then, like, beats against the glass, breaks out, and then just, like, picks them apart with its fingers until they're just, like, bloody skeletons. And just those two things of, like, suddenly something appears and just scares you. And nothing violent happens. Just, like, it's there and you really don't want it to be. Oh, yeah. yeah nothing violent happens when you get all the meat ripped no, from the skeleton. No, that's the second part. I'm saying the first thing. It's just, like, this, like, this ultimate oh, okay. dread being fulfilled. Yeah. And then the second thing where it's just like this slow appearance of a a like terrifying murder thing. Because the thing that's scarier than a face at the window in the dark is there actually being a face at the window in the dark. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the thing's scarier than sitting here talking about there being a face Mm -hmm. is like you look over there and there is. Like you've prophesied that and it's come true and then it's like and then one time you're just looking out the window and then slowly you're trying to make it out what it it is and then it's a face and then it climbs through the window and just murders you instantaneously well yeah that's not it's not ideal Um, no john you know what i'm I'm i was thinking about it i was thinking about pikmin's model pikmin's model yeah 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 that was the thing that i was thinking about with the the, video game cabin the cat what pikmin yeah, there's that's a thing in Lovecraft yeah. where that where there's okay, a character okay, that okay. thinks that something is a picture, but it's actually like a window or a portal Ooh. or something. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a similar it's less, thing. Yeah, it's more of uh, there's a guy who does these paintings that are like so surreal and weird, and nobody knows how he like made right. And then and then that. it turns out that and they find out that it was a picture like, from life. It's like the mm, that's the little yeah. Stinger like he had an actual but what real, if the picture yeah, was real. real thing? Yeah, yeah, um, yes. I think a lot about what if technology is bad though. That's pretty scary. Talking about Black Mirror. What? I'm not familiar. Um, I I don't know. I like. Yeah, horror is. I I almost wonder if it's like struggling to keep up with how scary and bad things just actually are. 
You know what I was thinking about is, um, like, for, what, an hour, over an hour now, we've had just Paul's face on yeah. the TV. And at one point, Paul left, and it was just an empty room. Yeah. Removed from the context of us recording this, I'd be fucking terrifi- terrified to just watch an hour of a guy's face this close. Like, imagine Honestly, if this was just a video. No, listen. If you set me up with a live stream of an empty room, I would have difficulty watching yeah. it. I would be like, this is, it's not just the idea that something scary might happen. It's just that an empty room loaded with potential, freighted with a cultural context that we have about horror, is scary now. Like, it is just scary to look at so, a video. That was, to go back to, like, found footage, like, the first paranormal, paranormal activity movie, the thing that I found most effective about that movie, and part of the reason that I want to revisit it, despite not really liking that film all that much, yeah, was the there's bits in it where they, like, go to bed. And the 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 girlfriend like wakes up or doesn't wake up, but like gets up out of bed, walks around for a bit, and then comes back and then just stands over the bed for like six hours. Yeah, and that was like the the, the most terrifying part of that film. You know what? Way more terrifying than like oh they're doing a Ouija board seance. Oh now the Ouija board's on fire. Whoa, you wacky. Know what? Um, <laughs> this is pretty creepy, right? Now. You know what would have been the audio just cut out and you like. When you put your fingers up to move, it happened very yeah. quickly. Honestly, I, I yeah. think what could have made that movie really good, but obviously unwatchable, is just like for those all those hours, keep the tape rolling, like make it like a multi-day like long a, movie, like twenty-four, like the TV show twenty-four, but as a yeah, like found footage horror. Yeah, film. just like a. I mean, you you could do it in the context of of like a YouTube series now. Where you just have like all that footage, it's just there. Like those vast expanses, all of a sudden become a lot scarier. Well, that's I think Paul. Okay, I um, I committed a crime. Went to, to download something the other day. I was looking for a movie, and one of the things I was looking for, um, I searched. I'll just say it. I searched for it chapter two, mm-hmm. but. When I searched it, something was wrong with my browser or the search where it gave me a link, a search result that was like probably like three lines long. So like over 300 characters long that were just like symbols and spaces and symbols and spaces and the occasional number Mm -hmm. until it got to like a line of text that was something like the priest approaches her. And then it was like symbols and numbers, symbols and numbers. That's terrifying yeah Yeah, absolutely terrifying wolf i did not click it i don't know what it was probably porn probably nothing as innocuous but uh, i mean it was probably fun but paul's out there trying to find it (laughs) no so that reminds me of um there's a thing that also used to be at this point i think it's 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 a fucking old 4chan thing but zalgo text or Zalgo yeah, yeah. and then Zalgo text. I don't know what that is. Of, it's like people found that by using certain, um, certain characters, uh, especially like other languages or whatever, it like breaks the 4chan like message board. And so what happens is you get this weird 
like almost like the text is like dripping down the screen. Huh. Um, and that was like a thing that used to happen for a while. Um, and I, I never figured out exactly how it works, but it just like, uh, hold on. I'm going to send Nick another photo. Don't need any more. Like I mean, it's not, this is just text. I still got to look at this terrifying dog thing, which I think is, is partially just that the thing I don't like about Google deep dream where everything becomes vaguely a dog and it's horrible. Oh, yeah. yeah th- that, um, that, that kind of thing. You see, you still see that. Like there's a variant of right, that yeah. that goes around. Um, ugh. no, but I think a great way if we were to do a horror movie is let's just record fucking 30 hours. Just like a, th- would be a 20 hour horror movie. I, no, I honestly think that like you, I, on, okay. You need a lot of buy-in from the viewer, like an extraordinary amount, but I, it's almost some gimmick. That would know? have to be the thing is that you'd have to start uploading these files that were like incredibly big. Because that usually, like, gets people's attention. If it's an incredibly big file. Yeah. And then that they have those, like, cryptic names. Like, that would be something that you'd have to upload them. And no more explanation. No way to talk about it. Just have that out there. And let the, like, let people piece the narrative together. Yeah. It would be, like, a slow burn of a thing. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, like, I don't know. And how many things are out there that just no one's found yet? I mean, that's the thing about about YouTube in general is that it's full of stuff that will never be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that maybe oh, just uh, some of that stuff is like ah, terrifying contains like dark secrets or whatever. <laughs> I, yeah, that's that's it. I don't know. I I don't know. The only way to to scale uh, to to really like challenge the viewer is to like make demands of them Mm -hmm. i guess in this case and i don't know i actually love the idea too of making something incredibly long because it just means that you can't even watch it (laughs) like it it introduces this weird aleatoric element of how are people actually going to watch this? Like, what are people actually going to do to consume this? The, Cause they're not just going to sit down and watch it end to end. Right. They're going to, they're going to like scrub it for, so I did this the other day. There's some, something on, um, so shutter, which is like a great streaming service yeah, for yeah. horror movies, um, has the ghoul log mm-hmm. is what they call it. And it's basically a jack-o'-lantern and like some spooky stuff kind of happens in the background and there's some, you know, music and noise. Mm-hmm. Music and noise, love it. Uh, I think on Hulu, they uploaded something very similar, where there's like five or six of them, where it is a video of that's supposed to be like the same as like where you would leave a a, the fireplace on your TV or whatever, Um, but it's like a portrait of uh, like a a a husband and wife on the wall. Mm And then, like, over time, the portrait starts changing, and it's, like, 50 minutes long. And so I sat down, and I'm just like, I'm just going to scrub this to see, like, what the bits are, yeah. right? To Like, like I know things are going to change. And, like, the picture just, like, the guy slightly changes throughout the entire thing, and then the thing happens, and the portrait falls off the wall, and then suddenly it go, reverts back to normal. Um, But, like, that's what people would have to do, right, for something that's, like, 
especially something that's like 20 yeah you'd have to like you'd have to consume it in a non-standard way Mm -hmm. which is interesting and you'd i don't know the process of extracting meaning from something like that would be really different um i feel like the the best way to do it is maybe not they're not all long but if you could get people's attention with one that's like incredibly long and fairly mundane but just it'll throw people off in how like long it is like they'll think there's some larger purpose mm-hmm. and if you can just like f- provide subtle clues or like give the first hint of the trail that'll lead to something that's a little more rewarding mm-hmm. like maybe there's something that happens in the background or like like noises are heard and then you find out there's other videos from these accounts yeah yeah i don't know i i i liked i wanted to like paranormal activity a lot more than i did because i was actually expected to be scared about it and then it's so clear how how produced it is how rehearsed it is yeah arguably you want like some cassavetti shit with horror movies yeah well that's it so there's uh another found footage from called hell house llc the first one is really good mm-hmm. because it does feel like like the act the quote unquote acting in it is great cuz like you 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 feel like it's like oh yeah it's just a bunch of people fucking around with a camera while they're like setting up their haunted house and then like shit gets really weird mm-hmm. the sequels like you start Again, when as soon as never, especially no as soon as, right mm-hmm. but as soon as you start to try to like like put effort into the found footage as soon as you start trying to act it becomes increasingly obvious that you're acting you know and the, and especially in a found footage thing where it's like i'm supposed to believe these are real people which i, I and i don't what's the um oh, what are those terrible tapes there's like 12 of them now it's just violence it's just gore faces of death Oh, I don't do. Yeah, no. no, absolutely. Don't watch Faces of Death. But the entire thing about it bad, is yeah. like it, it passes around. At least the early ones get passed around because um, it's like people in the early teens, teens that thought all this stuff is real, but the it's mostly not. Like what right. they do is they mix like um, footage taken from like slaughterhouses or like documentaries with footage they produce. Mm-hmm. So they are making all these just like gory scenes, but people think it's real because they put it in the context of actual real footage. Right. So you'll see like something that they would show of like, maybe like, um, like a shootout or someone getting shot or someone getting injured, um, from like a news broadcast. Like maybe it's a car chase and then the person dies at the end and they actually originally broadcast that. And they'd include that footage with like intentionally constructed, very gory things that are presented as like, real and they're right. not but because of that context and because there's almost no acting in it other than people hired to be like doctors that are doing things right it seems very real yeah i mean i don't know if you get everybody knows when something is scripted mm-hmm. it it's it's impossible not to know people speak differently when something is scripted, you can't you can't just sit out and write actual human dialogue. Yeah, um, even like performative talking. Yeah, I mean, people act differently on camera 
Like, people act differently when they're acting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, if we were having the same conversation, really, not being recorded, it'd be a little different. It would be a lot different. I mean, it's not like it would be fundamentally different, but just our little things would be different. Right, we would probably talk over each other a lot more. <laughs> no, we absolutely would. We'd be paying less attention to each other because that's how it is, you know. Right, like, we would be on our phones. Yeah, we'd be a little more. bit on our phones. We'd be like a little more checked out. Like that's, um, but I don't know. I I I agree that there's like, if you were able to get, not just a feeling of reality, but like a feeling of real mundanity mm-hmm. into into a horror flick like a feeling that something is so boring for so long that it's probably the real deal or you know that it overrides yeah that's that's the thing that's been really interesting with uh, again to to go into the found footage territory because it's been having not like a heyday because a heyday implies that it's good um but it's been having like a buzz is um i i like all these shows in the last four or five years or movies in the last four or five years are basically focused around like technology and not like in real ways, but just like the gimmick being like, Oh, here's a movie that it like the whole point of this is that it takes place on your computer screen. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like somebody is screen capturing it. And so you get like, uh, webcams or people hopping in and out of like web chats and stuff. Uh, or there was that thriller that came out like last year with um, the guy who played Harold and Harold and John Cho. Thank you. Um, where he's like trying to find his like daughter who went missing and it takes place entirely through like found footage from like cameras and stuff and mostly like phones and computers. But I think they do some stuff near the end where they kind of like stretch it. And that's been really bizarre to watch, like, because that is like very much the logical progression of like VHS found footage to DVDs to video recordings on a phone. I also really like the idea of things that you're seeing that you're not supposed to see. Like, I got that initial feeling when you showed me that dog with human teeth kind of thing. I'm like, oh, this is something I'm not supposed to see. But I, I think that can be applied, especially in, in this kind of found footage thing. And I, I've seen a few examples, but it's um, like a recording of another screen showing something. Like when you have that layer to it yeah. of like you can't actually access what is being seen, you're accessing a brief recording of a larger thing mm-hmm. that that can be applied in a way that is very unsettling. Yeah, if you I don't know. There's a lot of potential in it, but I, I most most of the time movies or books that deal with technology don't no. don't deal with it as it's actually done, you know. <laughs> what? I just have another idea to pitch. Okay, pitch it. What if skeletons were alive and bad? What do you think about that? What if skeletons were alive and good? Skeletons? What if a skeleton family had a son that was a ball of flesh? Oh. I hate, hate it. Coming uh, soon to a streaming service near you, my whole family is skeletons. 
HBO Max's brand new sitcom. Animated family comedy. My whole family is skeletons. Um, that Paul and I are the showrunners of. Oof. Yeah, we're going for a, like a Lindelof kind of feel. It's I think. the story of Jimmy Fleshboy Peterson. Um, who ah, the fact <laughs> that you remember the names? Who, after being homeschooled for uh, his entire life, is, is, is now entering bad. into the ninth grade. <laughs> And things are a little bit different. His older sister is a very popular skeleton, and his only friends are a, a nice skeleton girl in his grade and a very nerdy central nervous system. How are they gonna? Tra- <laughs> How are they gonna traverse through young adulthood together? This. There's room for it. It's it's big mouth, but with skeletons. <laughs> so it's you know better. that's the pitch. Bone mouth. Bone. Mouth. <laughs> Bone. Uh, all right, it's it's it, it's it's been over two hours now. Do all we right. do we have anything more of value to milk out of this episode? I just want to go write a horror script. That's what I want to do. Yeah, let's um, let's make a let's make a movie. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it offline so those losers listening yeah. don't rip you guys off. Yeah, we'll we'll start up the Patreon mini series where we make our horror movie <laughs> that way people i mean it people won't like... know they'll be like what's going on but you can't find out unless you pay uh seven dollars a month nice. <laughs> however much it is to find out the behind the scenes uh writing process it seems like shutter is getting more money so like they've been doing a bunch of like new series so like hey hey you know hey check back next halloween when we're all also, I'm basically giving them free advertising right now. So, like, th- throw some bones, fucking Shutter. <laughs> Let's send this episode to Shutter. Throw them some bones. Throw us some bones. bones. Some spooky Halloween bones. By bones, I mean yep. money. Yes. Uh, the bones of their money. The bones. The worms That's of the bones their money. Of their money. <laughs> uh, all right. Do we have anything else? Uh, does anyone want to plug anything? I think everybody knows my about my patreon no tell them one more time i have a patreon uh <laughs> i'm in a, I'm in a band called silas patreon i think it's just patreon.com slash silas choice that's right. where you can listen to at this point like 50 songs that are just on the patreon hell yeah it's like a lot of songs hell yeah if you even like one it's not that much money that, do it you know, sign up for it it's fine if you're also on Patreon, we have uh, patreon.com slash theme the podcast, which we have about five audio files you can listen to, but soon to be maybe six plus. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we have more because we have pre-roll. I got to start posting that again. Yeah, we need to. We just haven't been doing a lot of pre-roll because we can just get into the episode or we're, have been having been audio to... troubles. So it's just 20 minutes of yeah. us being like, I can't hear you. What? Do you, what? Hold on. This is lagging. I can't tell if it's a bit or not that you're cutting. Exactly, it's this it's part. been a difficult transition, but I think we're on the the better end of it. Okay, we're getting there. Well, you got anything to plug, Paul? Uh, if you are anybody li- listens to this podcast, lives in the city of Seattle, Washington, specifically, I think District Three, vote for Shama Sawant. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Upcoming election day. If you don't, uh, they don't get throw some money towards Shama. She's like taking on fucking Amazon. Uh, the 
fucking biggest company in the world with the richest man in the world at their lead who like just cut healthcare to a bunch of fucking Whole Foods employees despite the fact that like he could give every employee for Amazon and Whole Foods mm-hmm. like thirty thousand dollars and it would mean nothing to him. Yep. So fuck Amazon, fuck Jeff Bezos. Uh and then yeah, upstairs is playing a show on the eighth at the Comet. Uh Ooh. I believe I believe everybody's coming down for Holy it. I do not know that for time? certain. Is it a birthday so. show? Uh, it, yeah, it's my birthday. It's the 7th, so day after birthday uh, show. come out to that, and then uh, I'm trying to get some karaoke going on. So if you know us in person, come come do karaoke. All right. and Not at the show. Don't do it at the show. Don't do it at the show. Do it at the show. Well, and, and until next time, until the next episode, don't think too hard without us. RuneScape for your brains. <laughs> you got one, John? We're coming up with tags. Roomscape. It's like Roomscape with an M, so it's Roomscape. Alright. Lorm, Lorm's Fishborm. Lorm's Fishborm. Uh, bye. Yay. Bye. bye. Lorm's Fishborm. Lorm's Fishborm.